1: And welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I got my regular crew. Matthew Aguilar is here, as always. What up? And back from her uh, long excursion is Janelle Wheeler, who's been missing for the last couple of episodes because she yeah. got married. Then she had to do some business stuff. And yeah, she's been yeah. Busy. too busy oh for this gosh. little show. So yeah, uh, I'm back. so
2: excited to be back. I was messaging everybody like on Twitter and stuff. I'm like, I just missed the podcast. So I'm really happy to be back.
1: And some people are already asking the comments. Yes, I am still out of town. I am still at my in-laws, at least for one more day. So I'm camped out in this office and I'm hiding here for dear life. But uh, that's still good for us to do a show, even though I'm ducking things in my side of life. All right. And there's been a lot to do. I took off this week. And uh, sorry, Jim Viscardi, but I didn't think I knew what week I took off back in the day when I months ago when I decided (laughs) to take it. But this has been uh, quite a week because it was a week, of course, of some pretty big finales uh, in terms of She-Hulk, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. We got New York Comic Con was happening last time we did the show. Since then, we've had the usual kind of Comic Con fallout with a whole bunch of other updates and stuff happening. Um, people have seen Black Adam, so we can finally talk something DC this year. Yay! That's not like you know, complete just cancellations and whatnot. <laughs> so that's good news. And we have some big reviews and discussions to do. We got to talk about the new Halloween movie. Halloween ends. We got to talk about She-Hulk. We got to talk about Andor. We also are going to dip into anime today because comicbook.com. We have a huge anime kind of section. I'm that so excited really for this. Hide it. Oh, yes, yeah, but we're going to talk Chainsaw Man, which is this, which is pretty much this year's most highly anticipated <laughs> new anime debut. So we're going to talk some Chainsaw Man today. So, all happy. right. And Matt has some uh, wrestling breakdown because we're going all over the map today. We well, do fits it the all...
3: Halloween vibe, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it definitely. But we do it all for geek culture is my point. And so, like, this is what we're doing today. All right, let's start uh, right at the top. So Black Adam reactions are out. And uh, let's just be honest, Black Adam spoilers are out, too, because, you know, there's a lot of scumbags in the press and film Twitter. And there's going to be a lot of ragging on film Twitter today, this fake ass industry doing some things lately. But um, going in, I've been at my in-laws a long time, so I'm going in. But uh, yeah, spoilers are already out, largely thanks to the press. And I never know, are these press people like are they tasked with leaking certain things in the hopes of getting a movie more publicity or
2: Hmm. are they
1: out here like violating embargoes? Cause I can't see how they keep getting invited back by doing stuff like this. Yeah. Somebody takes them in an alleyway behind the studio. And it's like, if you accidentally leaked that this happened, like, you know, (laughs) that's okay. Because it's always stuff that I feel like could help promote the movie. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm always suspicious, but anyway, if you, Black Adam had several days of premieres and like it's, it's been showing and reactions are coming in and the spoilers are coming in. So let's just talk about kind of the reactions first. Um, they've been kind of, uh, it's been kind of a funny mix. I know we said in our show notes, they've been mostly positive and that's true. Like the first reactions to black Adam have been mostly mm-hmm. positive. People say it's um, kind of just, what you would want from a DC movie, streamlined action, character and world building, all of that. And the, the Rock is a badass. Black Adam, there's a lot of people who say. And, you know, people like Aldous Hodge as Hawkman is seeming to win over a lot of people. And so that's the positive side. And that's kind of the large consensus. Dr. Fate of the, tends to be the VIP. Yeah, oh, yeah. Dr. Everything. Feet. Um I've heard Hawkman, I've heard Dr. Fate, Fate, I've also heard Cyclone a lot. I mean people are all over the place, but people like yeah. different things, but the the point is people like the cast, right? Um mm-hmm. every character seems to be connecting with different people. And the JSA in general seems to be, you know, a good new entry point for the DCEU that gives people hope that somebody like The Rock could shepherd this. On the other side, you kind of have the opinions that people are saying like that the rock is one note and this is just a silly comic book movie and you know tries to take itself seriously and all of that kind of stuff which i don't know if that's a bad endorsement for me like things yeah. being comic booky but taking it serious isn't necessarily a deal breaker for me I'm not yeah. part of like the Snobberati film Twitter. <laughs> <The> um, Snobberati. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like I, I mean, so like I I don't care if the rock is, and I expect the rock to be the rock. Like I'm not expecting Dwayne The Rock Johnson to give me this completely unexpected, nuanced portrait of Black Adam or do some he kind crap of like how Black Ends. Adam. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you piss the rock off in real life, he is Black Adam. So yeah. I just expect him to go in and be The Rock. And I'm pretty sure at this point, people just kind of go to movies with The Rock and pay to see The Rock. He's one of those yeah. last movie stars that can just go be his own persona and, you know, do his thing. So that's not a deal breaker for me. Yeah. So for me so far, it sounds like this is going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. The question we're going to get to is, is this a billion dollar good time? So let's throw it over to you guys. Uh, Janelle, you've been away for a while. We haven't heard yeah. any opinions from you. Oh uh, what are you thinking? <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm still extremely excited by this. I I am going to admit like I've been watching a lot of Halloween baking competition shows on the Food Network and this trailer (laughs) is getting so many freaking runs like it it is I, I swear to God in one like 45 minute show I'm seeing it at least 11 times. That's how many times I've seen advertisement for this.
3: I was wondering how we were gonna link. They this are pushing
2: too. it. They are pushing this hard. Uh and I'm not tired of it yet, which is good because I'm still feeling intrigued, even feeling like completely overwhelmed by it. Sometimes these streaming platforms, they'll they'll do like these commercial breaks and it's just the same three commercials just oh over God, and over. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um But like, I I still feel very excited about it. Um, Black Adam is a character that I've been really looking forward to seeing on the big screen as you guys have kind of made me familiar with him in comics. So this is this is really exciting for me. And I love his story. Like, I love the backstory and I love just the little bit that he has the rock has shown in these trailers and in these commercials. I just feel like he's portraying it perfectly. I am not a tough critic on this, like. If they do take it seriously, like you said, and it is like emotional on any level, I'm going to be very attached. I already know that. But I did talk to BD. I did ask Brandon. I was like, what do you think? What did you think? And I don't even know. if I don't know what he has publicly said, but he was like, yeah, I mean, it was good.
1: (laughs) So I mean, that's like Brandon's answer to everything.
2: Yeah. but Everything is like somewhere in the B
1: range. It's a B plus or B minus. (laughs) It's, It's somewhere in there.
2: When it's really good, though, he like he I can't get him to shut up like that boy can talk. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I, I That's don't the whole know. review
3: I'm... right there, by the way.
2: Yeah. It just, <laughs> we just said it in
3: like 700 words, but it's like the whole review. This <laughs> was
2: good. No, it was <laughs> it was
3: good. No, it was Matt, good. what did
2: you think? It was what, good. Are you I,
3: look, I, I agree with Kofi and, and you. I'm very much in the thing of like comic bookie isn't a, a negative descriptor. Like, it's not a, that's not like, to me, that's just, I don't know. That's going into a cooking show and going like, oh man, there was like a lot of food there. Like, uh, no, no, no duh like of course there is like you're going to that movie and the movie gives no inclination that it is anything like outside of that realm <laughs> so uh to me those those critiques are like lost on me i'm like what do you what movie did you think you were going to see it certainly wasn't yeah, Amsterdam. I'm i
1: don't sorry. mean this in any kind of insult but black <laughs> adam looks like a really like a movie that would have blown our socks off as a 2000s comic book movie right like and i'm not mad at that like at all
3: right yeah like it made no bones that it was a you know, from the trailers alone, there was a ton of action. That's what I want to see. The moments of levity were going to be these kind of just fun little moments between all the action, right? And then there was going to be obviously a, a, a story within there about Black Adam and, and other things, right? That establishes the character going forward. But like, that wasn't the meat of it. It, it was all this other stuff. And so hearing the reactions come in, it's very much like, leading with positive i've seen a lot of um we want to see a sequel things already because like people like the things that they like they really liked and the things that they weren't so hot on in this they they want to see refined for the next one so i've seen a lot of that of like hey we want to see this character back we want to see this stuff expanded on because that stuff maybe wasn't developed enough in this, but we really liked what we liked, so um, that's what I wanted, man. That's what I came to Black Adam. That's what I've been looking forward to this movie for. It's a popcorn yeah. flick. I'm Bro, very much in that case
1: We've camp. all ever since the Rock was tweeting out, "It's the Man in Black, and a hierarchy of power in the DC universe is going to change." We've known what this was, guys. Come on,
3: yeah, it's, come it's, you know, on, yeah.
1: But Doctor Fate looks amazing. Like I, everything
3: I've seen on of, like of Doctor Fate, it's just out of out of this world so uh i'm very excited for that stuff
1: all right and now for our later video segment for the youtube page comic book nation youtube go subscribe and we do these totally natural conversation angles uh do you guys think that black adam is poised to possibly make a billion dollars to answer a question in the comments it is two hours and four minutes long which is not bad if you want (laughs) to get that turnover in theaters so do you guys think – now I'm going to tell you I'll go first and jump in here. Black Adam is right up here with the midterm elections for me, and we're not going to get political. <laughs> this ain't that show, okay? We're comic book These nation. analogies we do, are amazing. Yeah, okay. we, we do silly-ish over here, and that's what we love. But um, the midterm elections in the sense that like, you, you feel like you know how these things are going, but every <laughs> week to week, season to season, it seems to change greatly, right? You're like, oh, this is clearly the way things are going. And then you're like, oh, a couple things happen. Now I'm not so sure. And so Black Adam was something like if you had asked me a summer if this was going to make a billion, I was like, oh, I don't feel it. The the you know, the box office is in a downturn. everything's kind of slowing down. September was horrible. I don't know. But right now you ask me and I'm like, it could. I feel like movies are getting to this weird place where after the pandemic, they're back to being like what they used to be a long time ago, which is. When I grew up, like people didn't go out to the movies every week. It wasn't like this programmed social thing where we went. Yeah. Every week, there was a new crop of movies. So every week, you had to be at a movie theater. It was mm-hmm. like every so often, a movie came out. Special occasions. People, yeah, people like wanted to see that movie. People saw maybe three or four movies in theaters a year, Um, the average family. And they ran in theaters forever. And people eventually got there and saw them, right? And mm-hmm. they would be there for like a month. And I feel like that's what we're getting back to. And so I don't think every movie that comes out, and I think there are going to be distinct dry periods where people aren't into movies, but I think you will have these build-up periods where people are haven't seen a movie in a while. There is a movie that comes along that's a big spectacle worth a theater movie, and those will make a lot of money, which is basically what Steven Spielberg and George Lucas said 10 years ago when I was covering – Everybody was like, they're crazy when they said this would become the pattern of movies that people get programmed yeah. to, like just coming out for big event things like every couple times a year. But I feel like Black Adam could be having the right timing. People traditionally love to go out to the movies in October. Um, Venom was a record setter. OK, True. so, yeah, now that is it Venom in it. Yeah. And that was, but Venom had never been like really tested, like not as a mainstream. Right, but character. Venom's a much
3: bigger character than Black Adam.
1: Two mainstream, right, 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 mm-hmm. right, right yeah. two, two mainstream people, right. But it wasn't Venom that led them to the theater; it was Tom Hardy, and it was the scary Spider-Man movie in October. It was the programming time. Like right. I don't think Venom would have done so well in the summer block, but it, it had its own space, and the character fit that kind of spooky season. And I think it worked. I think The Rock is now poised to have timing on his side to be the thing that kind of helps end a box office slump instead of beginning one. And so I think there could be there is a chance that it could. I don't think it will. I think we'll end up in the six to seven hundred million range, which is not bad at all. Yeah, that's not bad at all for a franchise starter. And it would still be one of The Rock's biggest movies when you actually when you look at what Dwayne The Rock Johnson opens in movies by himself, like taking out Fast and Furious and things like that. Like he's poised right now for his biggest solo opening yet. And so six or seven hundred million just off his back by what you said. Like, I mean, you are right. Like Black Adam is is Iron Man stuff. You're talking like sea level character to most mainstream people, if not lower Mm -hmm. than that. So that would be an impressive franchise starter that also opens loads of other doors. So I, I wouldn't be mad if it makes that, and I don't think WB should be either if if more importantly, we come out like Matt says, with the buzz behind it that, hey, that was you know pretty good, and I want to see more of this character and these other characters and all the things, ways they can come together with other characters. Let's just refine it next time. That's the best like some of the best PR. The freaking DCEU has ever had after a film if that, if it goes like that. Yeah. So, um, Janelle, I mean, what uh, do you think? Yeah.
2: Well, I'm just like loving these comments because I, I'm very aligned with Kofi, by the way, on like earnings for this. I don't know if it's going to get there, but if it does, I feel like it will just get there. Um, but even like Peter, or, like a couple people, I mean, his Jumanji movie made 960 million. And another great point was, the rock will probably bring out a lot of people who maybe don't have any kind of black Adam familiarity. Sure. Like, did I say that word? Right. Uh, so I think that just him alone will add a little bit of a bump that, uh, that maybe not all comic book movies will have. And this character uh, might be, you know, people might want to explore it more, but I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think that worldwide it can hit a billion. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to get all the way there. I, I want it to, because I want DC to have its moment. Like I just, I think it's time Um, and I'm, I'm pulling for it and I'm excited for it. And I will be one of the people that is going to the theater, obviously to check this out. And so, um, yeah, we'll see. This is a really, really important time for DC, I think. Yeah.
3: I want, um, I think, so I'm a little ahead of you guys as far as I think in the 800 range, I think okay, a, okay. I think they're right. Um but I think I think it could hit about so I'm not limiting it, but I think no. 800 would be like a a good return on investment, not like a billion obviously, but like a good return on investment. You may bet all mm-hmm. may bet all your budget, you, all your marketing. They've put a lot of marketing into this. <laughs> this <laughs> is clearly all over the food network. <laughs> they put a lot of marketing into this. So like I think that would be a spot where you could, if you're Warner Brothers, you could leave with like, yeah, we can hit a sequel. It's green light it. Let's, let's move stuff. Um, if you're fans, I feel like, you know, like rooting for this, you would be happy with that. If you're The Rock, you would be happy with that, especially as Kofi said, a franchise starter for a character that is not mainstream well-known. Um, so I think all that would be good. I do think the, so I think it can hit a billion. And I think, honestly, if it was going to hit a billion, you had to sort of reference the big spoiler. Okay,
1: you're getting ahead of yourself. Jump. No, 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 I'm segwaying. That's called a segway, sir. Okay. but I I host it was my segway. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, but no, you hit the nail on the head, which is what I wanted to kind of bring us full circle. Sorry, I'm watching the Rings of Power finale and I'm all obsessed with (laughs) with circular power now circular power anyway so <laughs> um yes uh yeah i wanted to bring that back full around so matt i'm gonna now toss this your direction since you since you stepped out onto the to the uh out of the trenches and onto the battlefield here that's why i said in the beginning i question whether these pundits who leak things are major pungent pun- pungents. they are major me? <laughs> but uh major pundits that you know, they know the rules of the game. So like, is it like, oopsie? No, like it's not an oopsie. I, I wonder, do the, does the studio meet them in a back alley and say, we know you're going to take heat, but you take heat every day. Do this for us. We'll hook you up later. Like, come on. It's just like, I know who you're talking about. leak it. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, the people I'm talking about, they're not going to, it's nothing to them. They take heat no water and they'll sell and they'll sell out for that kind of thing. You know who you are. You know who you are. We're not saying anything surprising about you, boo-boo. Anyway, so like, yeah, so I wonder, do they get, you know, tasked by the studio to leak these things? Because like you said, this particular leak, and we're not going to spoil it here because everybody kind of knows already, but we still got to keep the general one nerd who doesn't know happy. So we're not spoiling it, but it's a leak that definitely has now inspired those same memes that says, I'm here to see Black Adam for the plot in the plot. And it's a picture of, you know what I mean? And so that's already um, one of the most major reactions I've seen on Twitter is I didn't care about this, but now that I know I care and I'm going just for this. And it's just like, okay, I see that. And are they firing on all cylinders? And is that the bump that does get you over? Does somebody look at the spreadsheets and say, oh, they were right with Matt's 800 million, but if we do this maybe we get over that 800 and you know get somewhere in the le- the rest of that 200 million we need to cross the border so i mean you people are saying in, in the Chris, in the comments on youtube i've been doing this for 13 14 no 14 years i'm sorry i've been doing this for 14 years now and you get cynical until you realize like yeah this is just how the game works it's not even a conspiracy theory when people know that the money's on the line they push everything possible to get butts in those seats and They're using one butt to get one more butts in the seats in this case. And uh, I think it's going to work because you're getting a whole sector. There's a sector of the DC franchise you don't want to leave out. And now those people are all activated, right? And even the most passionate ones are activated. So, ah, man, I I think it could work. I think it could be the boost we need. I don't know. Janelle, what do you think? Do you have any idea what we're talking about, first of all?
2: No, I don't, and I, okay. I don't want to. <laughs> which
1: is I, good. Which is I've good. Been trying
2: okay. To, I've been a. Uh, it's been a lot, guys. Wedding, honeymoon, Twitch gone. Um, and it's been really lovely being able to miss spoilers. Uh, let me just tell you, it's like kind of crazy that I've missed out on a lot of things. Um, and I knew coming in today, I was like, these boys are about to spoil everything for me, so I'm gonna try to tune them out. Um, but no, I don't know anything, and I'm glad that I don't, and this actually makes me want to run to the theater, like ASAP, so that I don't get spoiled.
3: And boom, right there.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh, Marketing in action, right?
4: Good job. (laughs) I'm tired of
1: holding on to this. DC basically listened to fans about, you know, diversity, and this movie introduces White Adam, so there you go. White White Adam. (laughs) I broke Matt. <laughs> I am just joking. I am just joking. Everybody, chill. Wow. I'm Just joking. I had another follow-up joke in there, but uh, oh I can't do God. that. I can't. I can't do my follow-up. I have right no segue for, for that, by the way. There's um, I had a great segue, I no but uh, I must preserve the privacy of one Janelle Wheeler. So we're gonna move on. Okay. We so take a break or do you. you. Want to yeah, you know where I was going with that, right? Yes. Right. You saw where I was yes. going with that. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry
1: we're like inside. i'm so joking. happy to be back just cracking up over I'm here so we're just inside joking this is great. oh man oh yeah let's take a quick break we'll pay the bills now subscribe to comic book nation youtube we're gonna come back we're gonna review hollywood uh hollywood hollywood, hollywood, <laughs> ends. hollywood ends. <laughs> and we're gonna talk she hawk and or chainsaw man wrestling and comics we got a lot He's to do stupid. so come on back subscribe to comic book nation youtube
4: Now to our
1: producer, Peter, today, who's uh, doing the show and making our graphics. And uh, he got to my mic, but you guys heard me get some Halloween music in there. I snuck some in. That was great. Uh, it was just a little. Just trying to Legendary. creep people out. Just trying awesome. to creep people out. All right, we're back. This is Comic Book <laughs> Nation. We're the only show that does it all for geek culture. We are the official podcast of ComicBook.com. And you can subscribe to us on Comic Book Nation YouTube and on Apple Podcasts. Now, our next segment, we just talked about uh, the early reactions to DC's Black Adam and whether we think we can make a billion dollars. Somebody's calling me from home. I'm not <laughs> at home. Stop calling me. Um, I just turn this ringer off. What's up, bro? Anyway, so we're now going to be talking about Halloween Ends. And um, this is now released in theaters and on Peacock and It is the end of David Gordon Green and Danny McBride's Halloween kind of reboot trilogy, which began in 2018, a whole lifetime ago, and continued with Halloween Kills and is now here at Halloween Ends. Um, If you guys don't follow me on Twitter at Kofi Alar or at Comic Book Nation, you should. Last night I was up to get ready for the show and I decided to stay up and watch halloween ends which was a large task because i was tired so i had to fall asleep then wake up in the middle of the night and then watch it oh god and i ended up live tweeting it yes it released on peacock same time as in theaters and um to the people asking questions in the comments and uh i ended up beginning to live tweet it which i have never ever done for a movie ever because (laughs) you you know i said snobberati earlier but i am a film school kid and i did learn to sit down and watch the movie and do all that (laughs) but uh that movie was so weird that at like 40 minutes I had to pause and be like, how far am I into this? And I was like, 40 minutes of 150 minutes? Oh, my God. And then I was like, I, <laughs> I have to talk to the world about what is happening in this movie and what am I seeing? And like, and so I live tweeted it. So that's all to say, promoting my own Twitter thread. You can go follow the live tweets. I suggest you do. It's really funny. Some of the things that I kind of <laughs> in the moment were thinking about. But um, after seeing this movie, my only, que- my only statement, and I tweeted this out and I stand by this, is we all owe Rob Zombie a big apology. We were really hard on Rob Zombie. Oh, we were geez. really hard on the last Jamie Lee <laughs> Curtis thing she did, which was Halloween H2O. We were hard on those movies. We said they were like franchise killers and all that. But um, no, I mean, at least they were Michael Myers movies, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they were. By the way, are we going full spoilers here or no? Oh yeah. Uh, okay. No, but, I, I'll keep it. I'll keep it light. I mean, there's. I mean, I don't even know how to. S- well, what, I was gonna like, say
3: something, and I was like, wait, I should. Check it
1: what, I spoilers! I don't even know how to handle this it's thing. It's only been out a
2: day, so. Yeah, yeah but I so don't even I'm, know what
3: to spoil. Like, I just well, want to okay. warn people. The, well, your your comment <laughs> alludes to like my biggest, or <laughs> I think one of the more divisive things about the movie, right? Is that your statement was, those were Michael Myers movies, and this, yeah. is really. In a lot of ways, not until like the last 40 the last 40 40 minutes.
1: (laughs) No, I timed it. I live tweeted all the timing. The last 40 (laughs) minutes of this hour and 50 minute movie. So that's an hour and 10 minutes of, yeah, no, not being Michael Myers. And then a Michael Myers movie traditional at the end. And even that's weird.
0: Like Mm -hmm. it's a
1: weird, weird experience. And before everybody comes at me, I get what they were going for. I, I get that this whole trilogy you hasn't been about trophy. Michael Myers. It's been about what does violence do? What is the long-term impact of like extreme violence and kind of tragedy and trauma? And how does that go? How does that spread through a generation of a family in the first film? How does that spread through an entire environment, like a town in the second film? And in this film, kind of, even if you remove the actual, evil person object, what does the impact of that person's actions do? And I get that. I just think it was done marginally better in Halloween Kills, which showed the larger kind of spreading effect of the Michael Myers violence. And I even think some more things we live in a time where you got things like Dahmer that are that is out at the same time right now, which does a 10 times of a better job of showing you Kind of the that same theme, the, Im, the impact of violence, of these killings, of, them, of these people that we kind of idolize in society in this weird way. Killers, murderers, criminals, things like that. But what the real impact of that is and, and how horrifying it actually is. I get that. So I'm not missing these points. I just think the execution was incredibly bad. I think that I think I even tweeted on early on, it was like, this is way too late in a story for you to be trying to get me to meet and attach to new characters. Like, Mm -hmm. I I, I just don't care. Like, no, I don't care. Like, I want to see what happens with Laurie Strode and her granddaughter, Allison, and anybody left over from the thing. So, yeah, yeah. And yes, And to answer people to think, no, I wouldn't even qualify the first two thirds of this movie as like really being a horror movie. Or at least the first half of it. It's like some weird angsty teen drama (laughs) dealing with like dark feelings and stuff. Like uh, I mean, okay, but that's not what I was here for. And I don't think anybody's coming to this particular franchise to do that. Well,
3: and that's not how they build this either at all. No. So No.
1: No, take it away. I'm just gonna keep being negative in circles. So go ahead.
2: Okay. So I don't like spooky movies. Uh, Not my jam. It scares me and I hate it. And I can't sleep at night. And I started watching this last night. And not only was it spooky, but it was also just like not engaging. Like I could not get into it. So I dropped it. And then I spent all morning trying to finish watching it. And I still did not get all the way through to the end. What I noticed is like, it felt like there were three different movies in the one movie. Like there were like three different storylines. And I, because I had not seen the previous in this lineup, uh, I haven't seen, I don't even, what are the H2O? I didn't see that. I didn't see kills. Oh, you're muted. Kofi.
1: Oh, that was in the nineties. No, I mentioned H2O because uh, just for clarification, Jamie Lee Curtis came back to the Halloween franchise just one time before, which was Halloween H2O, which was a special, Kind of, it stands for Halloween. Twenty years later, because it was 1998, it was literally 20 years after the original, and so they got her to come back as Laurie Strode in this one. I want to see that. (laughs) And it it had a lot of people in it that were just starting: Josh Hartnett, Michelle Williams, right. Yeah, Mackay Pfeiffer, LF, wow. Jay, Joe, Joe, uh Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, wow. it has a lot of these people who, when they were up and coming. Like, yeah. Busta and they were Rhymes. just. I oh, no, that's it. not. Mackay Pfeiffer's in a different one. Oh, um, is he? So okay. It's Busta Rhymes. That's yeah, okay. I think he's in the one with Busta oh, Rhymes. Oh, my God. Bustas that was the first one I saw. That was the first one I saw in theaters. But it was the one where you had, like, Lori and Michael looking through the window at each other and all that stuff. And it was the same It was basically the same story as Halloween, the first one. It was Laurie Strode trying to get on with her life, still affected by Michael Myers, and she's a college professor, and he comes to the college and starts killing people again. Wow. Um, And that was what it was, and she kills him in that one. And it was like this distinctive death, but then they continued the series by showing, like, it was a fake Michael Myers, and then he ended up killing Laurie, the real one, and that's how she got out of it the first time. But people said it was the stupidest thing ever, and they didn't like that they that in the next film, Michael Myers kills Laurie Strode and, and kind of wins. And so Halloween yeah. was a reboot that kind of examined, ignored all those other sequels after the first one and retold the same story. Laurie Strode, now much older, all messed up and dealing with the legacy of Michael Myers. Drama. So, yeah. Which yeah. to me was the right choice, by the way. Right. No, that but, first film, that's yeah. the thing. Like the first, I was somebody who defended Halloween and Halloween kills. I felt like when you watch them together, they're a really good movie. As one big movie, because it's about Michael Myers starting small and then it it balloons out into a whole issue into the whole town, gets all messed up about it. But it was a distinctive, good, big story. And it set itself up at the end. So, Janelle, you didn't see Halloween Kills, right?
2: I did not see Halloween Kills. OK, that's so fine. I, I, just I mean was to- pretty lost. No, but the
1: thing about Halloween Kills is Michael Myers ends up winning in the end. He literally like slaughters and there's this awesome sequence of him battling an entire mob of people and killing them all. Wow. But then he comes back in the end and the mob was sent after him by Laurie's daughter and he ends up killing her. As That's like the last scene of the film. She thinks she's safe and she's standing in the house. It's a classic horror movie and he appears behind her and he kills her.
0: Oh my God. And that's the end.
1: And so everybody kind of thought like this movie would start right with that drastic action. Yeah. She kills her daughter. Laurie Strode comes back for revenge. And it's like the last fight. And and Laurie Strode doesn't give an F because he killed her daughter. And now it's all no holds barred. When we heard that it was taking a four year time jump, everybody was like, wait, what? And then that yeah. was already kind of like, eh, because it was, it was made to seem like this was going to be all one Halloween night kind of story. Right. But no, it and should so, have
2: been.
1: yeah, I mean, I agree. And so, that would have been we were awesome. all like, "Okay, I guess time settles, and Laurie kind of gets regroups, and then we have this battle." But no, we get this weird movie that has nothing to do, co- kind of, co- co- you know, connectivity-wise to the events of these other two films in any real direct way. And so, kind of yeah. taking the focus away with that was, I'm never going to understand this. Like, I'm really yeah. never going to understand. Yeah. I feel like they got the last part of this movie in the can first, which was just you know the, the strode. Yeah, the yeah. battle that everybody wanted to see. And then yeah. they kind of tried to work backwards from Let's there with fill whatever in the they space, could. Do. Making yeah. a movie. Seriously.
2: Yeah. And, I'm glad I'm glad you were a little lost as like someone who clearly has all the info and knows all of it. It makes me feel a little bit better because I was like, well, maybe I just can't enjoy this because I don't know the context and everything.
1: Yeah, me. and like, there oh no, I'm not muted. I'm I'm scared here. Um, I was gonna say, um, yeah, and he, I don't get anxiety a lot, but like, there's a thing when I watch a movie where I know I'm trapped into something, and it's oh, early. No. And it doesn't take me long. It's about ten to fifteen minutes that I need to see a movie and be like, oh my god, like this is gonna be bad, like really, really bad. <laughs> That's great. Yeah and like and i knew it when this it was just too disjointed too weird and too like you said it was there was a lot of this that felt like film school like somebody's first film like that they were doing a lot of weird shots of people like riding motorcycles and just their faces and i was just like uh next time ugh. we go
2: to a premiere together i'm just going to like watch you i'm going to look at you 15 minutes in and like check your facial expression <laughs>
1: No, let me correct it for the comments. I have had anxiety plenty of times. I'm just older now and and you get you and I've gotten used to it. It's not. And it only gets out of control or like weird on me sometimes. And being trapped in a bad movie that I know I'm going to have to talk about is one of them because I know (laughs) I know what I want to say. And I just don't also want to get, you know, fired or canceled at the same time. And those are two hard things to reconcile sometimes. But anyway, Mm -hmm. this movie was one of them. Um, Yeah. I'm not going to go into this because I want to move on and do other stuff. But yeah. this was just a really. And I'm not even like going to slam the filmmaker. Like I want to know what happened. I'm generally curious. The thing that I feel after Halloween ends is somebody's got to tell me. I need a Halloween ends explained. Yeah. I invented the explained post, but I need somebody to explain. Who's going to explain to the explain guy?
0: Like I need. <laughs> oh man, it's like a Trace
3: Busta Busta bust scenario.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: Who's going to explain the explain? It's been double oh, explained <laughs> Trace Busta Busta but, uh, in the house.
1: <laughs> I just, I just need somebody to explain to me from top to bottom, like why we went here. Oh, How did, did everybody in the cast really feel like they were putting down good work in the dailies every day? Like, were they confident? Because I wouldn't have been And that poor. Uh, what's your name? The girl who plays Allison is, I, I feel so bad for her in this movie because I've, I mean, it, this kind of set it up like she was going to be the next, generation of like laurie Sto- strode like you know kicking the butt of evil you know female horror heroine and yeah. and this is just like between these two movies like or three movies it's just like this chick has real andy uh Matichek. this like allison just has terrible choices in men like terrible she hung out with my homie from you cameron in the first film who was like a complete douche and now she just went with this guy who was like how do you not know this guy's a psycho like, how do you not know this guy's a psycho? Like, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, this was just a big miss for me, and I need somebody to kind of explain why. And it's one of the oddest, worst landings of a trilogy I think I've ever seen. So hey, that's my yeah. feelings on Halloween.
3: Yeah, I, uh, I can't. I mean, I think you guys both said it immensely well. I was with Janelle. This this movie dragged a lot and. You know, I was very much amped for, I, I love the first one in this trilogy. Um, oh, I yeah. liked the second one. I didn't hate it like some did, but I also wasn't like my favorite, obviously. But I was hopeful for this because this was really billed as like, hey, we're ending this. This is the feud between these two. And that is not what this movie <laughs> was until the very, very end. And while I was happy with some choices made towards the end, um, I was like, ugh, I, I didn't need the first, you know, two hours, hour and a half for this movie. But yeah, I think you guys
1: said it, said it, said it great. So uh, yeah, let's move on to the other stuff. Happy stuff. Janelle, you have any closing thoughts you need to get off your of chest? Um, you will Hocus never Hocus finish this, nor cute. should you. Okay, <laughs> no. there you go. <laughs> yeah, Watch Hocus Pocus 2 instead of Halloween ends. Yeah, there advice. you go. There you go. All right, moving right along. Jamie Lee Curtis isn't doing any more sequels. She shouldn't. I, my last tweet about this movie and I'll say it here. Is I genuinely only believe that the only that <laughs> part of me believes that like kind of like the Matrix Resurrections, which I will never not believe was Lana Wachowski saying, I'm going to make the dumbest movie possible just so Warner Brothers doesn't do something stupid because they were going to. Ma- I did, too, <laughs> but I don't think sh- that she took it as seriously as like they. she just didn't want Warner Brothers to turn her kind of thought bubble movie into a cheap studio thing. Oh so God. she took the reins and just made whatever. I'm gonna never believe that this movie isn't Jamie Lee Curtis's not so subtle way of telling us I am so sick of Michael Myers. I am so <laughs> sick of people trying to be Michael Myers. I'm so sick of talking Michael Myers. I'm so sick of people bringing me back for Michael Myers stuff. I do not want to build up and you know pump up a serial killer. Please stop making me be in these movies. And then her thing was, you got to give me an actual movie to do dramatic acting in if you want me back a third time because I'm not coming back otherwise. And that's yeah. why it's just a lot more drama scenes in this and like character scenes. I don't know. But no, she should never come back to this franchise again. It's, it's over. It's over. The next movie is going to be some guy hunting a girl around a nursing home in wheelchairs. Like, it's over. Yeah. Let's not do this again, <laughs> please. All right, moving right along. Because everybody's just seeing how frustrated I am. Let's talk about something that did not frustrate me as an ending. She-Hulk.
2: She-Hulk. She-Hulk.
1: She-Hulk did not frustrate me as an ending. It it took a big swing and, and I thought it knocked it out of the park.
2: We need with, sound effects on this podcast, like hit the horns. Yeah, we do need yeah. a
1: horn. That's right.
2: Or applause. Kevin.
1: But yeah. um yeah, full spoilers for She-Hulk. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love this finale. <laughs> it took everything. I mean, She-Hulk has been meta the whole time, but this was next level meta about taking the Marvel finales that we are all kind of critical of, and even the kind of big boss battles in movies that we're all critical of, and turning it completely on its head and faking us out and saying, oh, you thought it was going this way, didn't you? Yeah, you did. (laughs) No, we're messing with you. And um, yeah, really just kind of doing what She-Hulk can uniquely do best. I was watching it and catching up, and the part, and we're talking full spoilers, where she bust out of the Disney Plus menu. That was so, so good. So, my son had walked over and was like, "Daddy, what are you watching?" And he like jumped when she like poked her head out of the thing, and she swung out and like came over, and he was like, "What is happening?" And I was <laughs> like, "It's okay, buddy. It's part of the show." He was just like so lost because oh he's my so familiar God. with that so Marvel cute. menu. And he was just like, She-Hulk's not in there. <laughs> and I was like, um, but yeah, that was just so great. And then the Kevin thing, because I thought like I was on the edge of my seat too. Like, are they really going to put Kevin Feige in the thing? And then when we got what it was, which was a little bit, they stole that a little bit from South Park, but that's fine. But um, the Kevin thing was just so great. And I think that the show made a very good point, which was that like for Jen Walters, the Halt blood, the things we're all like nerding over and, you know, new world order and red Hulk this and that like, that's not what her show ever was. And the title of the show said it, who shows it, whose show is this? And it's like, yeah, Jen Walters was just about getting her life and her personality together after this massive change. And I like how she did that. And I like how the show kind of reframed things for this character in her world. And, i thought it was well done and i I mean altogether, i think i have enjoyed she hulk the most out of all these marvel series in terms of just overall week to week like complete start to finish and i think the only thing is yeah i hope that the show gets a budget to punch up the cgi um next time but the finale for the most part i could see where some of the budget went into the finale because there were a lot of cgi shots that looked really good like the whole thing was Mm -hmm. she hulk being in, in their joke, like, okay, like we're ex- this is expensive. And like basically good. we've done all we can do for an episode. Can you just go off screen in a second and we'll change you back? And like all that <laughs> stuff works in this context. And yeah, I, I want that season two. I haven't been I've been out of the office this week, so I'm not sure what's happened, but I I hope that season two comes through. And yeah. And bring and this the whole thing with Matt Murdoch and everything with Daredevil in the show. It was just it was a good time. Janelle, take it away. Gosh,
2: dude, it's so good. It's just so good. And like the whole Kevin thing, like the whole time you're like, oh, fight. Oh my God, they're going to fight. Like the whole time. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. He's going to be on here. Like, this is going to be a moment that it was just so surprising and true to the entirety of the show. Like it just was perfectly Balance for the whole rest of the show. And the fact that they can laugh at themselves and kind of poke fun at themselves in the MCU just makes me adore Marvel even more. The fact that they have a sense of humor, that they like, they nail all of the things that everybody says on the internet about this formula of superhero movies and Marvel movies specifically. Like, that is just so endearing. Like, I do that. On stream about myself, like I will make fun of the fact that I'm blonde, or I'll make fun of the fact that I like suck at first-person shooters or whatever. Like the fact that they're doing that is just so relatable, and the fact that they chose She-Hulk to do it in was so cool to see. Like this, I don't quite understand the people who are hating on the show. (laughs) I just like I can't even get on their level. Well,
1: I think I think the show did a good job of showing you who the people are who are hating on, show (laughs) in pretty spectacular fashion. (laughs) I mean, every time, I mean, and I know, I know the psychology of internet trolls is so highly adaptive, like Reed Richards' body can spin around anything, but bro, they got you. They got you many times over. Like the actors and the scenes they had of people criticizing or debating She-Hawk within the show on the intelligentsia forms or in news or in that little lodge at the end, it was all spot on. Like Mm -hmm. everything they said was spot on from the internet and just – I was just, yeah, it was it was hilarious. Yeah. So no. good.
3: I think you said it great. No, I think you two said it. I I applaud um just how far they went. Because at one point I was like, okay, like you gotta like if you're gonna go meta, right? Like go go all out. And when they did the when they did the Disney Plus menu, that made me laugh out loud. I thought that was just so fun and unique. And the Kevin stuff. I, I really think you know one of the people we've talked about obviously throughout the entire show is Masani it's like how great her comedic timing is how just charming she is and this episode like if you don't love her at the by the end of this episode I mean (laughs) it was mentioned in the comments uh I think it was Bantha who said um the x-men line it wasn't that the x-men were mentioned that I cared about it was that it was the way she delivers the line of like don't we want to see the x-man like her little tongue, like, yeah. all that stuff right it's just <laughs> yeah. so fun and <laughs> no infectious. in that moment
1: she's so good about talking for like every fan she was yeah, like all of us it's so good all her yeah. questions were just like everything it's everything if we sent brandon davis or chris killian out and they had like three minutes to talk to somebody that's like everything they would fire off at kevin feige right like yeah what are we it was us? so what is
3: infectious? This? It's, it's so, so good. good. Um, and, you know, like her, I, I just love how they, they brought it back around and, you know, I, her comments about like, and Bruce literally just falls out of the sky <laughs> to like say this. Um, and what's crazy is they still, for all those people, like still pissed about, you know, whatever. Uh, That it doesn't have enough ties with it, they still like further the Hulk family line. There's still revelations in there, you know. There's still movement on characters, kind of in the greater MCU or whatever. So like, there's still effects there.
1: Yeah, Uh, that their stuff was great.
3: Yeah, it's just yeah. So it was fantastic. The the
1: show did for the MCU were crazy. Like guys, we're getting Son of Hulk already, and he needs a haircut. Yes, but he there's a Son of Hulk, (laughs) and the memes about that. go on my twitter feed for one of the funniest memes i've seen it was like a <laughs> double dare meme it was like mm-hmm. hulk on on Sakaar, and it's just a double dare thing and it's just uh it's hilarious anyway but um yeah we got all that i mean in the way that it delivered like we all expected son of hulk to be like scar son of hulk to be this epic thing and it's just somebody said it's a blazing saddles ending with a fast and furious cookout and i was just lost it when i read that so <laughs> shout out to whoever that made that comment and yeah i i knew that i mean tatiana maslany is just gold and this show in the writing is gold when it says we're hulks we no she says i'm she hulk or something like well, smash buildings fourth walls and sometimes matt murdoch and i was just like <laughs> oh my god like oh it's just so like the daredevil good. sex jokes were just alone were so funny that it was just like yeah it was great oh um my gosh. Yeah, so gotta give me more she-hulk i was scared though when i heard it, and she says kevin was like see you in the movie and she was like really and he's like no and i was like you better be lying kevin (laughs) yeah i know better be a she-hulk in a movie um yeah so i love that this series yeah started with captain america f's and ended with sometimes i smash matt Murdock, which was just a great line so great
3: yeah full circle man full circle yeah they need
1: that merch i break Fourth wall. I know I break buildings, I smash buildings, fourth walls, and sometimes Matt Murdock. every female Marvel fan or anybody else who wants to wear it, needs to get that shirt.
3: This this show literally is just like a gold mine <sighs> of merch. Yeah. Of merch. <laughs> we need like oh, yeah. so much, so merch, much merch. merch that yeah. need that oh, is God. needed from this show. Um so okay. yeah.
1: I can't wait to see some kind of mock intelligentsia group spring up on like Marvel fandom threads. It's gonna be fun. I'm oh, sure. All right. But um, yeah, so that was she hawk We all loved it. I'm sorry if you didn't, you know, uh, maybe you love the next thing we're going to talk about, which was this week's Andor. I'm not going to go into it too deeply, but just to say that people have been wondering, like, why Tony Gilroy? Like, why do you get Tony Gilroy? It's not just for the kind of he's great at looking at those darker, moral, gray worlds of people, whether it's espionage or, you know, lawyering or in this case, like rebellion and empires. But Tony Gilroy can do an a tense action heist-type thing or mission-type thing like none other. And this episode was amazing. Like, this was a great episode of Star Wars. I was on – and not even Star Wars. Like, it didn't even, like, necessarily grip me as a Star Wars piece. It was just a great heist episode. Um, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. I was puking in my mouth about all the characters and – I don't know about you guys, but um, I, I just thought it was just so well done. And it was by far the best episode of the series so far. And it made me realize, like, I mean, that's just like one of the first missions Cassie and Andor went on. And I can't wait to see what this series does with more of this kind of stuff. And that's me. Do you know?
2: I was so far behind, so I had to binge like four five episodes or something. Gotcha. <laughs> Let me tell you that was fun. Like watching these episodes back to back to back was great. It was like a movie and I don't even know, I don't even think I'd like it as much if I hadn't done that because I basically could not remember episode three for the life of me. I think I was like panic watching before the wedding, trying to like get content in. So for the podcast, So I literally watched from episode three all the way through, and it was great. Like (laughs) I I highly recommend if you liked this show even a little bit, try binging it all together and you're going to love it. The acting was phenomenal. The special effects were great. The design is great. I I can't even be mad at this. Like I'm not the biggest Star Wars uh, fan. I mean, I love it, but I'm not I'm not an expert in by any means. and I was all about this. Just spectacular. Dude, this last scene that where they're flying through the,
0: the astro-
2: gosh, dude, crazy.
1: Yeah, and shout out because everybody's always on the Mandalorian's jock about stuff and, you know, crowning the people who make that show as like <laughs> the greatest thing to have in Star Wars. But not enough is being said about <laughs> Susanna White, who has directed these some of these Andor episodes, oh, including this last beautiful. one. Yeah. Because Susanna White, I mean, I mean, give that lady a movie. Like, yeah. that was... That was next level stuff. In this, last this episode. felt like, so
2: much more theatric. Like this felt so much more like a movie to me than Mandalorian. Mandalorian is clearly a show. This, yeah. literally, if you watch it together, it feels like a film.
1: I get oh, that. Susanna I get White. that a lot. Yeah, Susanna White, who did uh, things like Generation Kill. Um, yeah, she, she, yeah, she did Andor. She did the I think Andor episodes either two, four, and five she did uh she did a couple episodes of the deuce for hbo which is amazing trust billions masters of sex yeah those are all boardwalk empire generation kill and a lot of jane Eyre. um and so these are all great shows and like yeah she needs more stuff to do because she is killing it that episode was amazing so get her some more hollywood stuff she's already winning big stuff in britain for her work but uh yeah get her some stuff over here in hollywood Fantastic. So no,
3: I I echo what you guys say. But quick thing, real quick. The number one, the comment of comic books, comment of Diego Luna has been amazing ever since he was Buttons in Open Range. deserves some deserves some shine. Two, uh, he is fantastic in this series. And again, this comes from someone who was not excited about this character or the series just in general coming into this. So I've just been, his work here has been fantastic. Also, three, uh, I just watched him play Chip and Super Bets. And Super Pets is underrated as hell. That movie is great,
2: it's on my watch list. I need to watch no, great. this. Super Pets is he's,
3: great, yeah. It's fantastic. Also, yeah. we've uh, like Ember has taken like it's her now, it's her movie, so like I've watched it literally Aww. 14 times. Oh, yeah, I've seen it, uh, yeah.
1: But like, she, he's so good, worse. he's good. That at the and Ri- I've seen that in Rise of Groove, so I many, or er, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah, he's good as, as like he's so good in
3: like every role. So, credit to Diego, but uh, dude, yeah,
1: yeah I, Diego Luna. I mean, if we want to stop and talk for a minute because this is a good time, um. One of the things that really turned me on to span to kind of Latin cinema when I was coming up and starting to really get a love of film was, of course, you know, for all the wrong reasons for a high school boy. But E to Mama Tambien, which is a very famous called hit, Spanish coming of age movie, pun intended, coming of age. And um, it's about two boys who go on a road trip with this older woman. And one of the boys is Diego Luna. And the other one is uh, um, Gael Garcia. Gael Garcia, uh, Bernal Gael Garcia Mm -hmm. from Werewolf by Night. And they started that movie together. That's what both of their breakout roles were, um, Diego Luna and him. And now it's so funny because I was just looking at it over the last week of just seeing them full circle be on Disney Plus and two of the biggest kind of standout content pieces on Disney Plus right now, uh, Diego Luna, of course, starring in Andor and Bernard uh, Garcia. They are are killing it, man. Yeah, and Werewolf by Night. So, yeah. And if you want something else that you haven't seen, if you want to see uh, Michael Pena from Ant Man and Diego Luna in something amazing, go watch Narcos Mexico, which is an amazing show on Netflix.
4: There you go. Um, and
1: Diego Luna, if you want to see him play a villain or somebody that makes you know why he could, was a great Cassie in Andor, he plays a great drug lord in, in uh, Narcos Mexico, and he's ones, phenomenal. So that guy Mad is a great actor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. It, hey, it's deep in there. Ooh. Like we, I sent you that tweet. The Matt Supremacy is is going on right now. Latin deep. explosion, baby.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm not mad at it. Gael Garcia Bernal, thank you. Thank you. I was just butchering his name. I'm sorry, Gael. I'm so sorry, but Gael Garcia, Gael Garcia Bernal. I just reverse it. Um, Ick, in Me Too Mama, Tambien, and Werewolf by Night. So uh, open Range is a great movie. Yeah, I mean, will bring back the westerns. So it's right up there with Unforgiven. Oh but um, all right. So that's Andor. Let's talk about Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man. And, uh, like I said, we don't. We want to feature more anime on here because anime is becoming such a big mainstream thing these days. And uh, this is probably the biggest debut of the year, definitely of the fall season. Chainsaw Man, Attorney at Law. <laughs> oh yeah, Narcos. Uh, Mexico also has uh, Tenoch Huerta, who will be Namer. He was. He plays Diego Luna's best friend and drug partner in that show. So that's a funny little connection too. Um, But Chainsaw Man is the probably most highly anticipated new anime of the year and definitely of the fall season um, based on the breakout hit manga. And I think this first episode, and I've just started reading the manga, so I'm just in kind of like the first volume, but uh, this episode is a perfect recreation of the first chapter of the manga. I mean, perfect and, of course, enhances it even more because you can seeing anime manga i love and i love manga more than i love comic books and don't kill me for saying that i just do but anime really does do something when done well to take manga and the visuals and the imagination of manga and really do put it in spectacular visual form and so seeing chainsaw man in action in motion was it hits real different but it hits awesome and it's as absurd as the title of the show would make you think but it delivers exactly what you came to see when it, this was classic shonen anime origin episode about a down on his luck, unlikely character who kind of ends up in this tortured power position, um, classic anime stuff. But uh, I loved it. I loved seeing it in motion. And I think there's a lot that when you actually see it drawn like uh, Pachita, I forget his devil's name. Pachita. So it's.
3: Uh, I was going to ask how to say it. Pachita? Is that how you say yeah, it? Yeah, I think it's Pachita. Okay. But um,
1: yeah, but there's like a cute, little baby devil Pachita you have this kind of lovable hapless character who's down on his luck um and you have this whole horror element with the demon with the devils and all of that and they do good job of quickly right from the beginning establish like what this mythos is this guy having to sell even his own nut for money being in debt having this horrible life in debt to the accusa and working as a devil hunter so I loved it. I got nothing. I'm not even going to take up that much time. Chainsaw man's awesome. It's on Crunchyroll. It's on Hulu. This is a good manga to jump into for the Halloween or anime to jump in for the Halloween season. At least for me, I'm already a fan. I'm more curious to what my co-hosts who I dragging into anime with me uh, are feeling (laughs) about it.
2: Um, yeah, it was awesome. Like it was so well done. I'm shocked, but it was extremely well done. Um, kind of disgusting in some areas, Uh, but that like I'm a Walking Dead fan, so that doesn't really bother me. Um, God, I really I'm just like trying to think of any criticism for it. And I just can't like I was so engaged from the moment I started watching and there was no moment of like. Why am I watching this? Oh, God, Kofi, why did you make me watch that? Like, none of that. It was just like, yo, this is freaking good. Like, it may not be everybody's taste, and but can I just say that the only other anime that I tried to watch was, like, Airbender or whatever, uh, Avatar, the Airbender one. And, like, that is so not my style, and this was way more up my alley, and I actually want to continue checking this out. Yeah, uh,
3: so fun. I have been pumped about oh, this. Look at that. For, <laughs> I have been, I have been pumped about this for a minute. <laughs> like this one, I mean, just the absurdity of the premise caught yeah. my eye. Right? Like, wait, before yeah. you go,
1: Matt, hold on, because this is comment sensitive, time sensitive. Listen, guys, it's a, uh, it's not. I mean, it's a horrible secret that up here there aren't that many Avatar fans. I'm sorry oh. to tell you. Okay. I've tried to watch it multiple times. <laughs> me and Janelle, a long time ago in the show, I think it's season two. We tried. We both, we both tried to start it. We really did. And in like, yeah. And we couldn't. It just couldn't felt like it. a little kid yeah. show. No, I'm sorry, Damon, CJ, I'm, Emma. Oh, <laughs> God. oh no. God. Why did all you all do our that All regular before fans before are turning head. on me. You couldn't have uh, done it no, after? No, 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 Peter. Nobody likes the Avatar movie. You stop that. You stop that um shout out to m Knight. he is from philly though um
4: don't hate no, us. no
1: we just yeah don't hate us we have tried we respect what it is we just don't it's not my anime cup of tea either like i, I like, you like had other to start things. it when you
2: were a little in a younger headspace and then it's like rugrats yeah. like i can watch rugrats now because i loved it as a kid i can watch doug now because oh, i loved it as oh a kid. man
3: are we okay but so number one i would just like to clarify for the comments i have not seen it I am not in this conversation. That doesn't save you. <laughs> I'm not in this conversation. You're going on the pile. You're
1: going on the pyre with us. That doesn't save no, you.
3: No, no. I mean, Felix, I he likes I watched I feel like he'll I out. can't <laughs> wait in. I can't wait. Okay, that's
1: but, fair. But I don't want anyone
3: dragging me for <laughs> the Rugrats comparison. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't Rugrats want anyone into that. So it was Legends of the Hidden Temple.
3: Also, I love Doug.
1: So if it's like Doug, I might like it. But you know. If you're talking about Nicktoons, I was there every day from Doug, David man. the Gnome in the afternoon to the Nicktoons at night with Doug, Doug yeah. Rats and all that stuff. Uh, uh, I'm in Doug Rose, but okay, um, back yes. to Chainsaw Man. Okay, yes, so please I've go been, we I've everybody. been
3: pumped about this for a while and I kept bugging people like, hey, is, when does it come out? Is it out? yet? <laughs> I keep like looking for like cruising for dates and stuff. So, anyway, I, I cannot say like 20, this is like a 25 minute episode maybe with credits it's or it's probably closer to 20 or whatever um i have it's rare like to see a premise and character setup and establishing a world done so quickly yeah. and so smoothly as it is here like it's it gets you from one to 100 by the end you are in it, you are dealing with gory sequences of like seeing this character in action and what they can do. And you start from a place of like really seeing him but they're kind of their lowest. You get a backstory, you get this really like I wasn't expecting the you know, Portita thing, like of having this, like th- that stuff, like hit me in the feels, right? Their relationship and like how things get to where they are later. And I'm trying to walk around spoilers so much because I know some people have seen it, but like I was. I even told Anissa asked me a question when I was watching it, and like I didn't respond right away, and she's like, "Hey, you okay?" Ole? <laughs> and I went, "Yeah, my jaw was on the floor. Like I, I was like, just mouth was open, just watching this fight sequence happen, and I was just like, it's amazing. Like I'm all in on this freaking show, and I love it, and it's gonna be one that I follow all on the way, and it makes me want to jump into the manga because other than my hero, I haven't really done that." like while watching a show kind of simultaneously. Um, So I am actually kind of excited to jump into that as well. So yeah, so anyway, that's that's, uh, Chainsaw Man for me.
1: All right, yeah. I mean, shout out to comicbook.com anime. I know Evan Valentine's in the comments. I thought I saw him. (laughs) Shout out to Evan Valentine on our anime team, Megan, Nick, everybody over there. Check out their coverage of Chainsaw Man. They can put you on to all kinds of great stuff about that series and other ones are out. Our fall anime season, My Hero Academia is back. There's a lot of stuff going on, so be sure to check out comicbook.com anime, and we'll be talking more about it. All yeah. right, Matt, you had your agenda. You wanted to kind of run through real quick here. Yeah, I got to make it quick. Um, also, shout out to Evie, who I thought, I
3: think I saw him in the chat. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. He's in so, there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so uh, number one, uh, I've labeled this Matt's Corner in the layout because I literally had no idea what else to label. Because I'm like, it's just stuff I want to talk about, right? Um, so number one, we have uh, Wakanda Forever coming out. And that's gonna be coming down the pike. as Marvel's next big film. Uh, everyone knows I am very excited to see Ironheart's debut and uh, had a chance to get uh, the sweet, sweet re pop a little a little early here, which is awesome. So now it's like starting to hit stores. So I thought, hey, why not spotlight her on the show? Wee! Look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that. I love, by the way, the cobbled together look of the armor and stuff is not like the suit i'm used to in the comics obviously but i like how it fits into the mcu and like her whole building cobbling together a suit out of stuff um also i gotta say uh the the like Jet do effects they do and the stuff,
2: corn rolls yeah the braids are amazing yeah wow. buddy
3: damn wow so this like i'm very excited uh, for Riri here popping up in, in Wakanda Forever, it's probably like, hey man, my-
1: you're you're on the Latin agenda. It's a big win for the Black agenda that we're getting Funko Pops with authentic corn rolls. That is, a <laughs> big win. shout out to my people, big win. Corn rolls, yeah, that's um, amazing. yeah. So that's uh, so that's the Riri.
3: And uh, real quick into the wrestling world, we we did a full preview last week for Extreme Rules, and we talked about like me and Connor kind of went back and forth on like what we wanted to see from the supposed return of Bray Wyatt, if they would deliver. And boy, howdy, did they deliver. And that was, there's some really cool moments in wrestling, right? When you see people return after a long time or whatever, the pop they get from the crowd is is really infectious. And even if you don't like the person returning, it's hard not to get kind of amped up on that because you're just like, it's adrenaline, right? It's just so cool to see. Uh, and people didn't know if maybe they would tease a video and then Bray would come back. No, no. They literally went like a full two or three minutes uh, after like the pay-per-view kind of ended. They did the fake teaser, like the fake credits uh, in the corner. And then they shut all the lights off. All the lights are on. The song, like uh, Bray starts singing over the speakers. And then they keep zooming in on like he's got his live-action is like life-size puppets in the crowd and they keep zooming in as he's as he's singing I have the whole world in my hands right and all that stuff and then a door with light pops up and like Bray's actually there and the lantern and he and he pulls off the mask and it's him like people this whole sequence if you're if you don't know what I'm talking about literally go watch it on uh like we actually have the video on comicbook.com, right you can watch like the whole sequence play out It's amazing. The pop this man gets from the crowd when he returned was insane. Like, there are a few pops that you just hear. It's awesome to have him back. And then he's returning tonight since then. He hasn't been on WWE TV since, right? So he's returning tonight on SmackDown. And, of course... Uh, I will be covering SmackDown for us here, so I'll have all that stuff up tonight on comicbook.com, but I'm very excited to see him return, see what they have for him. They've teased a faction. They've teased other characters. There's all these things happening. It's it's kind of insane. So I thought they handled that so well. They could have butchered that so easily, and they handled it so well. Um, so, yeah, and also uh, I have a question for everybody. So we, we talked a little bit last time about how, like, Triple H, this new regime change, things are going really well. People are liking the changes Triple H is making. If you could have Triple H change one thing, like moving forward, like one thing, either bringing somebody back, changing someone who's already there, instituting a new rule, whatever. What is that thing? Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit Compugnation up on Twitter. Uh, I am actually going to kind of work on something for that. So I just wanted to throw that question uh out to our our nation there. Wow, so you
1: got a simultaneous response from Peter and Damon Streams. It's get all those belts off Roman. Hey, hey, whoa, you will not <laughs> say <laughs> anything will, bad hey, about whoa, whoa, the bloodline. You line. save this for Twitter. You save this for Twitter. You asked the question now. You got the answer. You have uh, i get yes. we're gonna move along. You better keep there. talking because we're going to comics next. So all right, take so us we'll out with comics. comics.
3: <laughs> How dare you? He keeps he keeps treading on my tribal chief. How dare him. all right? So let's move into Superman <laughs> Son of Cal L number 16. Uh this is part two of kal L Returns. And uh I know we I know Janelle wasn't, controversial was controversial
1: chapter. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I know
3: uh, Janelle wasn't with us for part one. Um, but uh, but I know me and me and Kofi kind of left uh, with really positive uh, yeah. reaction to kind of this new status quo setting issue. And here uh, we get the this was talked much about on on Twitter and social media. And there's been a lot of back and forth on, on things. Um, I adore this issue. I think we, we actually it does kind of deliver on the Cal o returns. Right. We finally get the reunion between Jonathan Kent and Clark. And the way it is is done and played out, I thought was excellent. I thought it was, you know this like it, it all ties to like a heartbeat and like how, you know the thing that stabilizes John and and you know, makes him feel safe when he was younger and stuff was his dad's heartbeat, and he could hear it and that would help him. And so tying that in to him hearing Clark. And that's how he knows that he's back on earth. Right. I thought that was so well done. Um, And I thought overall, like I just like how it moves things forward uh, for them. And I love that moment. I'm sorry, the artwork. I know that the artwork got a lot of back and forth or whatever. I thought that moment was amazing. So uh, that was me. What'd you guys think?
1: Um, This guy got me right in the dad feels like right in the dad feels. I have a son. He's four um, you know, it's I was just visiting with friends up here. I haven't seen in a long time who all have sons and we were all talking about, you know, it's a difficult thing to when you're a man and you start raising another boy and all the things you have to kind of figure out and all the things you've got to kind of provide. But uh, this was a very beautiful issue to me. And um, I was really interested to this because it started a whole toxic manhood. If you're not for context, there's scenes of Superman showing affection to his son in this issue. And his son's older and there was this whole ridiculous toxic manhood debate about do you hug your son or get this kind of like intimate with your son when he's a certain age and all this crap. I'm hugging and kissing my son forever. I don't care. Like you could say whatever you want. The kid's literally made out of me. I'm going to hug and kiss him if I want to. Like, <laughs> and it's not taken away from my manhood because I'll hug and kiss him, turn around and knock you out afterwards. If we need to do that, you know what I mean? Um, and then I'll <laughs> give him another hug and say, don't do what daddy. Oh, just well, did.
2: Superman. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, and this was just Tom Taylor is really doing a great job. And this was a beautiful way to write this, like starting with the thing about your dad's heartbeat and making you feel safe. Um, I know that carried over for me cause that's a very powerful image. Like I, re- I still, to this day, I remember what it feels like when my dad would hug me, what he smelled like. If I heard, I didn't hear his heartbeat. I don't have super hearing or anything weird like <laughs> that, but you know, like I said, the feel of it what is, what he smelled like, all that stuff is permanently ingrained in me. And I know it's important to my son and I do it all the time because I know how important it is to him when he's upset, when he needs me to hug him and, or just is scared. And so this was a beautiful thing between father and son that really made me, appreciate. that makes you appreciate Superman in a different kind of way, in a very, very different kind of more personal way. And it, it is, it was beautifully done. And Tom Taylor is killing it on writing. Anybody who doesn't think Tom Taylor is not killing it on writing these different phases of DC, all of them usually centered around Superman and Batman too, like one of the two or both of them. Like you're crazy, man. Like he's been killing it. And this was the most Superman having a son is such a cheesy gimmick when done wrong. And I feel like this modern era of Jonathan Kent, as much as people, some people want to say he's just a woke creation or whatever the hell they're spouting about. Like he's a real character to me. He's a complicated character. I think these dark crisis events and things like that over the last year have made me like the kid a lot more. And this was a beautiful father, just an ode to father son stuff. So hopefully you have enough good fatherly stuff that you can relate to this and not just a toxic hole in you that makes you angry. and <laughs> seeing stuff like this. OK, oh my God. I, I get <laughs> it. All right, not all dads are good. And maybe yours mm. didn't hug you. This pisses you off. But, you know. This was a beautiful issue. Um, and I think Jonathan Kent's it made me feel like Jonathan Kent is much more of a gimmick and should be a permanent kind of staple right alongside people like Damon. So this was nice, and I like this issue a lot.
2: Yeah, very wholesome. Uh, Kofi almost made me cry just talking about like his bond with with his dad because that I literally just like had like eat like the moment with my dad at my wedding.
1: Um, oh, Dale had us all almost crying. Uh, yeah, yeah, your dad he was loves great.
2: you. <laughs> my dad was great. Um, Dale, yes, yeah, I think what everybody was yelling, like Dale, yeah. Uh, anywho, yeah, j- just a great. This is a great book, and I actually loved the artwork. Just I think they they are drawn so handsomely. Like, look at that beautiful face. Like the chiseled jawbone, little curl. the The hair looked fabulous. Like I loved all of it. <laughs>
3: so yeah, and uh, you know it's just awesome too to to have. Superman and such a, he feels like the characters in a really good space right now mm-hmm. and Jonathan as well, like their kind of roles within the greater DC universe, but like their relationship as father and son has, yeah, you're right. Tom Taylor has done such an amazing job and I'm glad uh, these will continue in the adventures of Superman and that will feature John. Right. So uh, lots of, lots of cool stuff to come uh, next. Let's move into Marvel uh, name more conquered shores. Number one, or, you know, old man Namor. Uh, if you want to show yeah, Before I forget phase.
1: I just want to say sorry to interrupt you Matt but I know I'll forget by the end of the show. Um yeah we talk about House of the Dragon it's just hard because our show oh. airs on Friday so like right now the old episode is so old and the new episode isn't here yet and we are so we have to it's the same thing with Rings of Power. The finale was this week but we're very busy. <laughs> We've all had stuff to do. Um but we're going to talk I think about House of the Dragon and I think next week we will do just a whole Rings of Power over the season discussion because nice. there are things happening in the finale, but, uh, Looking no, we're keeping that, up I'm with house I'm... of dragon. Yeah. We're, we're all, oh, I'm house obsessed. Of the dragon. Obsessed yeah, with house of crazy. dragon. Tweet. I us. know what it is to speak truth and get your head cut off. I I've lived. that <laughs> life. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, it's wild, but, uh, yeah, we'll be talking. There's going to be some big things happening this week in House of the Dragon, so I think next week we'll we'll come back and and do a whole fantasy segment again to revisit House of the Dragon and Rings of Power. Sorry, Matt. Uh, no, 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 you're fine. Fuck um, Namor, um,
3: Namor, yeah. So um, this one, uh, and I think actually. Uh, Damon has a comment here. I think it puts it really well. I enjoyed this Namor series more than I expected. I, I did too. Um, this was a, you know, setting up a, a space. We kind of talked about it last week where um, the world has been essentially a Cree event uh, that happened where it was kind of Cree trying to assert their supremacy, um, essentially sped up things uh, as far as the climate and stuff like that on the earth. So most of the earth is now covered with water, and so most of it now is obviously the domain of Atlantis. And Namor was king of that for a long time, and this one he's he's not he's stepped down, and so it it starts out really kind of what you would assume, which is like you know Namor is kind of talking about like you know his time here, Atlantis is flourishing, like all like he's he's kind of looking over the work he's done, he's patrolling um kind of the the border essentially so like people from the surface can't just come into the water and get supplies and things like that like you know there's enforcement there but then it kind of takes a turn and you really see that like namor is actually really invested in the surface world and like getting he's got there's this whole program of him trying to get them to actually be able to live uh down underwater and there's all these like political things back and forth like you know there's this one group of the surface that like doesn't want anything to do with them and then like Captain America shows up and like so there's a lot of interesting stuff so about midway through this book really hooked me it it wasn't hooking me like right at the beginning because it was kind of what I expected um but yeah there's there's much more here uh than I initially assumed so I'm I'm in I I really enjoyed it what'd you guys think
1: I think that um, I agree with the comments and like what Damon said. Um, I was actually entertained by this the whole time, not because of any of the events or the larger premise of the. I said, okay, Kree blew up Earth. I got it. But it, it genuinely is the first time I feel like anybody, and which is a weird thing to think about, but it's the first time anybody who's really expanded the character of Namor like this. And it was genuinely intriguing to see Namor as kind of a guy who regretted kind of his attitudes as a younger person and thought differently about things and kind of missed the surface world because he is half and half he's so all the time been like i am atlantis king that you forget he's half and half and like how he feels but a kind of more complicated conflicted or just a complicated older namor was genuinely really not somebody i would have ever thought would have been able to anchor a book for me but now i do want to follow this character and, like, I, I would almost like to see this namer replace the namer we have in the main Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Cause I like older neighbor, old man namer. He's kind of much more, much more well drawn and three dimensional, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm in.
2: Yeah, I'm in too. I'm, I'm all about this. I need to know, like, wh- where we're going from here. Also, Cap and this was awesome to see. And yeah, uh, uh, yeah I'm, I'm, I just, I don't know if there is a book that showed like what actually happened to get uh, the world to the point that it is in not right yet. now. No. no. Wow. I need to see that. I mean, it is like, this is terrible. Like, the world is not good right now. So um, I'm very, This feels like post-apocalyptic and that definitely speaks to me. And I love that vibe. So yeah, all about it.
3: Yeah, well, awesome. All the way around. Um, And then last uh, book here, of course, uh, it is Captain Marvel Week. Uh, So me and Janelle have to talk a little Captain Marvel. This one was pretty – 42 is the issue we were talking about. It is a AXE tie-in. So it is, like, really kind of – this is one of the ones that, like, it is not required reading. um, But I enjoyed it for what it was because essentially it is (laughs) – it is a big chewy issue <laughs> and so if you're gonna focus on chewy for an issue and it ties into an event that i'm kind of like kind of in the middle on anyway i'm good with that like it was it was fun i really enjoyed it um but i feel like i don't know i feel like only like fans of the character and like of this world will get the most enjoyment out of it because there's some great moments there's a moment between like chewy and kit and he's a he's like She's being protected because she's a little scared. So she's in the bathtub because all this fight is going on outside and the porting back and forth. There's just some really fun stuff. But I feel like you'll only really enjoy this if you're like a fan of the character because it is a tie in. And the next issue, we kind of move into her next big arc. Uh, But what do you think,
2: Janelle? Yeah, it's really cool to see it all kind of tying together because I feel like the Judgment Day thing we all kind of had a little bit of qualm with that we were sort of like what is happening or "I i don't know um seeing captain marvel have her moment with the judgment was rewarding like i'm like okay i'm glad i read those other books because obviously i can like understand what's happening here and it's short and it's it's to the point and you you can figure out what's going on really quickly and if you read judgment day definitely keep going because you put in the time already so check this out (laughs) um otherwise if if you don't know anything about judgment day i just don't think this is the book for you
3: right yeah I, it very much is a tie-in in that regard yeah. um so that's comics a quick mentions here if you want to read my full review you can once a future number 30 ends the series it ends in a amazing finale that series is literally one of the best series in comics so if you are waiting for the trades it's now done so hopefully it will be in like a complete edition soon you can read that up there and then of course do a power bomb number five is fantastic and it's going to be another one that people look at and go like oh my god this is a great series when it's all done so those are all up if you want to check out our reviews on comicbook.com but that is comics
1: All right, thank you Matt and uh, thank you everybody for listening this has been comic book nation we are the only show that does it all for geek culture today we did some DC we did some horror we did some Marvel some Star Wars some anime some wrestling some comic books so that's just a small taste of what you get on comic book nation and I dare you to show somebody who does it as well as we do we (laughs) are on all your favorite podcast platforms. We are on YouTube, we are on Twitch. If you wanna subscribe to those channels, it gets a little wonky sometimes, so subscribe to both. Comic Book yes. Twitch and Comic Book Nation on YouTube. and Cause you never know when our live streams might go down. But uh, yeah, we're also on Twitter individually. You can follow any of us. You can follow at Comic Book Nation And you can always get more about the things we talk about in all kinds of explainers, details and headlines on comicbook.com. We'll see you guys next week where I think we're all coming back to the studio finally after weeks away. So we'll see you guys live from the studio next week. Thank you for all our regular fans for always rolling with us. We love you guys. And uh, we're going to come up with something fun for you guys. So we're going to put our thinking caps on so we can get you guys involved because at this point you guys are help running this show and keeping us straight. So gotta be (laughs) something fun for you. But yeah. uh, all right, this is Comic Book Nation. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.